Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. All right, we're live. Welcome to Parenting with a Punch show. Your host, Amanda Hool, parentingwithapunch.com, to learn about all the ways that you can work with me. We have a special guest here tonight, Dr. Edwards. Please welcome and say hello. Hello. Nice to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So tell us where you are located. Um, you're located in LA. Yes. Awesome. And you're for anyone that uh, would like information on Dr. Edwards. Here we are. But so so tell t- t- tell me what 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 is it that you do out in LA? Your practice. You're an entrepreneur. You're a mom. Yeah. You're a professor. <laughs> I kind of have my hands in everything right now. Love it. Yes. The entrepreneur thing is very new. Okay. In about a year. And it's something they don't teach you in school. But I realized that I don't really like working for people. I hear you. And (laughs) I really felt like I could do more, Mm -hmm. be more active if I started my own business. That's great. Yes. And then I'm a professor at two different campuses and I'm oh. a 10 year old. Very nice. Very nice. So where do you, where do you teach? What um, campuses are you at? Are you at right now? And what are you teaching? I'm at Pacific Oaks college and this semester I'm teaching a gerontology class and I'm also okay. teaching, um, what other cl- oh, I'm teaching a class in their human development department called reflective teaching. And then oh, wow. I'm at um, a school called University of the West, and I'm teaching clinical and psychological um, treatment with adolescents, kids and adolescents, human sexuality, and I'm teaching a wellness class. Very cool. Yeah. That's, you, you definitely have your hands full. You are a busy woman. I am very <laughs> busy. Definitely. You are, you are busy. So some of the... Now, I know that you work with youth and some of, what do you, in, in your like daily practice, what are some of the, or the, the clientele that you work with? Okay, so I'm going to give you a brief of like my day. So, of course, <laughs> my day starts when I get my son up, get him ready for school, drop him off. I have a, a few hours to do stuff around the house, then I go in. So I work in a locked facility and I see patients with severe mental illness. Okay, okay. Some of my other patients are um, of older adults. So I work in a geriatrics. Okay. And um, I teach at night. And then in my business, I work with families. So I work with families and schools. So my goal is to bridge the gap between parents, teachers, and the community. 
Absolutely. So that's my focus. That is amazing. That that is like all I <laughs> that's that's my love right there. So I love hearing that. So with mm-hmm. the and I know that you do um a lot with like troubled youth too, right? From yes, what I do um a lot of gang intervention work, gang intervention and prevention. Uh, and, you know, that's the important thing of bridging the gap between parents, schools and the community is to yeah. help kids you know, help teachers understand parents and parents understand teachers and then make it a community. You know, we're a village and that's how we keep our kids out of trouble, you know, because we're trying to prevent kids from all that unstructured time that they have, mm-hmm. you know, from parents working. And that's why mm-hmm. I really promote co-parenting because I'm able to really take off in my career because I co-parent well with my son's father. He's a yeah. huge help. Yes. So my son is not alone and he's not babysitting himself. He's either with me or him. And then, you know, my family is very helpful as well. So I I truthfully understand what it is to be a working parent. And, you know, sometimes kids do have to stay alone. And that's how a a lot of them get in trouble. Absolutely. Now, and do you see, and I'm sure in certain neighborhoods, but do you see a lot of that um, in like in or around your neighborhood or? Not where I personally live, but um, neighborhood I grew up, you know, I grew up in lower SCS. I grew up in the inner city. So I see it all the time. I mean, I was a kid running, running around in a neighborhood, but neighborhoods were different back then too, even though we lived in, the inner city, the the whole block, everybody knew each other. You know, it's not like that now. So yeah. you know, kids running around in the street could cause them to get into trouble. It's like if I was outside playing all day, if I did something wrong, one of the neighbors would come get you. Yes. And take you home or they would, you know, take care of it. Now it's not like that. We re- We rarely know our neighbors now. I know. Or you'd call up the neighbor, you'd have the neighbor's phone numbers or, you know, whatever, go over and knock on the door. (laughs) Definitely. Now it's not like that. So it's definitely here in L.A. We have gang violence is really high. I know, you know, people see it on the news, see what's going on. Yeah, really. It starts in the home. Yes. It starts in the home and at school, that's where kids are most of the day. And if we could get parents and teachers, I mean, yeah, excuse me, parents and teachers on the same page, Mm -hmm. it could help building that community. And I think that's missing now. Yeah, I, it is really true. I mean, I, so I'm a, my background, I'm a licensed teacher and I tried teaching um, and doing, yeah, (laughs) Um, but I I just, especially in working with children with special needs um, and the behavioral piece of it, the I have really strong classroom management. I think just naturally, I, I don't know, or maybe some of the work that I've done in the past and working with juvenile delinquent boys or, right. certain, you know, training. But they, like it's if you don't have the classroom management piece, you know, working in the schools right. for the kids that have that difficulty and don't understand or have like the tools to be able to manage and then especially you don't have the communication with the parents then it makes it really hard to to bridge the two so right i i commend you on trying to bring that 
those two together because I think it's so, so huge. And just to try and help the parents to engage, right? And like, right, exactly. And, and one of the things here is that when you, in the lower SCS, you know, we have a lot of, um, a lot of kids who parents don't speak English. Mm -hmm. You know, in LA, it's a melting pot here. Yes. So we don't have, a lot of times these parents are afraid to come to the schools. You know, they're undocumented. They don't have a lot of translators. You know, so they feel uncomfortable. I went to a Catholic school and did a training last month and it was predominantly Latino. And that was some of the issues that was brought up. And then, you know, one thing that I learned culturally, they have a lot of um, grandparents are really involved. So it's so many people parenting that child and it's a lot of coddling going on. Right. So my focus have been just really trying to provide parent trainings and trainings for the teachers. It's not a lot of training that the teachers aren't prepared to deal with violent students. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Or, or students with mental health issues. Right. Yep. Yep. I mean, as far as I'm sure, like even, even anxiety or depression, depression, right. I mean, especially once you get into the older years, uh, right. You know, or even, I shouldn't even say that because even in, in elementary and middle school, you start to see a lot of it, but it's hard to like pinpoint a lot of the times, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have those kids that's in the system that's on yeah. medication. It's so many factors and so many layers that you guys as teachers have to deal with that people really don't know. And you it's guys, true. you know, they don't train you guys to deal with it. Right. So that's the thing. We need to provide more trainings for teachers that's focused on those kids that do have mental health issues, understanding like the medications that they're on. You guys need to know the trauma history of these kids. Right. Right. Yep. No, it's very, very true. Now, I, it's funny that. So with the trauma, um, it, I was just having a conversation with a client um, the other day. Now, do you, do you find like with kids with trauma, um, and obviously I'm sure it depends on the approach and, and like how you, and how you deal with it, like more in like the talk therapy, or do you find that they benefit well when you have like the team approach with the parent, if that's even possible or well, with kids, you know, it's, it's really hard to do talk therapy with younger kids. Play therapy is so, you don't, people don't understand what they get out of play therapy with kids. Mm -hmm. um, when they, when they become teens, yeah. it's easier to do talk therapy, but with kids, you can't sit down and really converse with kids I for agree. them to really, cognitively, they don't get what you're saying. So play therapy is something that um, therapists do with kids. And my coaching, I do a lot of um, activities with the kids. And because my coaching, I'm able to go in the home. Yes. In their environment, it, mm -hmm. it really helps. So I may have a, a kid I'm working with that loves video games. I have a son. I know how to play video games. So right. whoever gets that child to talk, yes. I will do. 
if we outside shooting basketball, whatever it is, mm -hmm. we need to be prepared because kids, they talk different. They express different than we do. Different, right. And it's, and it's up to us as like the providers and the adults to sort of like tune into that and to be able to recognize certain actions that, that are, you know, calling out for help or, you know, kids express themselves in, as we know, in very different ways. <laughs> you know, we want to label kids as bad. Right. How they express themselves. They let us know something is going on. You know, something right, somewhere, yep. either in a home or as a school, you know, they may be getting bullied. Something is going on when a kid is acting out. It's not just because it's something. Right. There's always an underlying factor. You have to get to the the root of the problem and figure right. out why it is that the child is acting out. Yeah. And if a kid is in an environment that communication is not key, like my son he communicates very well. He will be a child that will be able to do talk therapy because me and his dad really communicate with him. So sometimes it's like communicating with an adult because he yeah. talks, he's so well-spoken and he could express the way he feels and it makes sense. Right. But all kids aren't like that. Very true. Very true. You know, but would you agree? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. It just depends on the environment. We don't yeah. talk to him like a baby. We've always done that. So he knows how to communicate with us when something is going on. Right. Absolutely. And would you agree too that if you can try and promote it as early as you can in the younger years in terms of like communicating effectively their emotions and how to handle their emotions and like express it as opposed to getting physical or is super beneficial? Right. One of the things I used to do with my son when he was very, very young yeah. It, um, and I'm not trained in somatic ex experience, but I know that when you, I used to tell him, where do you feel it on your body? You know, where, where is it that, you know, when he would be crying or he would be flustered and upset, tell mommy where you feel it. And he like, mommy, I feel it in my head. Okay. Let's hold it there. Let's talk about that. So it's different things that you could do. Yeah. Them earlier on. Yes. I love that. I've, I've, I, I think it's, I've, I feel like I've heard and seen parents use that, um, you know, like talk, like talking about to try and recognize it in the body. Um, but I love that, that suggestion and that approach, like asking, where do you feel it? You know, and trying to like teach them, like right. they feel it in their stomach and it's anxiety. Right. Or, it might be their heart. They right. Know their heart. Fast. Exactly. It's so many things that we could do. We just really have to be in tune with our children. And, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes we get so busy, you know, we always on our phones. There's so much going on now that sometimes we just have to stop. One of the things that used to really work is I take 15, 20 minutes and just talk to him. Like, how was your day? What's going on? So we usually know what's going on because we also talk to him. Right. Yeah. You, know, you, the, keep, you keep that open communication. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's getting older, so it's like he don't want to be bothered with us. But, you yeah. know, but <laughs> he's gotten so used to it. He even be like, how was your day at work? Because he's so used to me, us talking about how our day was. Right. Right. 
Yeah, I that's so sweet. And believe me, when he gets older too, he's gonna not want to talk to you even more. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> one of the things that I, I definitely stress with the co-parenting is if you can make it work, really try because raising a boy as a woman, a boy needs a man. Yeah. There's certain things that I can't teach him. So right. it was very important for, you know, when the relationship was over with me and my son father for us to be able to co-parent to raise him because I know it's certain things that I can't teach him. Right. You know, yep. so it's, we have to learn to set our emotions aside for our kids. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I'm sure, you know, and it's hard. It's obviously, it's not easy. It takes practice. You have to be conscious with it. And, and, and just, you know, and obviously I'm sure the communication you kind of have to like work through and figure out between the two of you, how you can make it work. So you're both not like on top of each other and you can come at, come at it like fair. And right. And, and knowing that we are a team and like, you know, our son, he can't really get over on us too much because, you know, we communicate. So right. No right. splitting. He don't go back and forth. You know, I'm working with a family now who I can't even get them to co-parent. And it's so much splitting, you know, because the child, he could tell dad one thing and tell mom another thing because mom and dad won't talk. Right. Now, is this, is this a family that is married still or they are the family? They are a divorced family. OK, divorced but they they're, they're not talking. They wow. Some years. And it's dad still act like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I he, he's the one that struggles to co-parent. Right. Right. Yeah, it, it can be hard. I and actually it's fun. Uh, divorced families that I've worked with, um, in the home, sometimes it is the dad that, um, and I don't know if it's because the children are more full time with mom or, oh, it's okay. no worries. I have a dog here too. I'm surprised we haven't heard him, uh, bark at all yet. I'm new to the, I'm new to the dog. I just let my son get a dog last month. So get oh. him to do it. <laughs> Well, I have one, so believe me. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm sure he loves it. Yeah, he does. He he loves it. my parents like have dogs and he always asks for one, so I finally, you know, let him get one. Good for you, mom. Yes, good I'm not you. into animals at all, but you know, we <laughs> make sacrifices for our kids. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So are you look? so with the, um, some of the work that you do like in the homes, is it, is it prevalent out there or I should say more so with uh, trying to bridge the communication or has it been sort of tough to, to sort of like work into that? You know what? It, it's different because yeah. I, I, I'm not coming at it with a therapeutic approach. One thing that I found is that with the coaching, especially with kids, a lot of them feel more comfortable. And I'm able to, you know, if I was to do therapy, it's you come in the office, you have your right. 45 to 50 minutes, and then I'll see you next week. With the coaching, it's more intimate. So I think that helps. Like, you know, I come to birthday parties. Like, I really get involved with the family 
yes. structure. So I think that helps a lot and is very comfortable. Like one of the kids I work with, he looks forward. He was actually had the flu today and he did not want to miss. So I get there and I'm telling his mom, well, you, you know, you could have canceled. She like, no, he never wants to cancel. He never wants to cancel. Oh, I love it. It's like my coach is coming today. I love it. Right? I, so I, I think, you know, sometimes, especially at the age he is, adolescent, yeah. it makes them feel a little bit more comfortable than saying, uh, I have, I'm going to therapy. Yeah, I agree. And, and really just like having someone come to their home, like their environment. Right. So the Maybe. one thing I do is if they have, if I believe they need long-term therapy, I will refer them. So I will not do coaching with them if they need long-term therapy. So that's right. the first thing I'm really like, I would tell a family, your, um, what's going on with you needs to be, you need to see a therapist. Right. So I, I'm right. very like mental health is like really, really important to me. And yeah. some things coaching, you need to see a therapist. And I make sure that I don't overstep those boundaries. Right, right. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that I mean that's awesome. I I actually a lot of the families um come to me after they've sort of exhausted the whole um talk therapy in an office. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and many families like after years. Right. So I, I see, and I completely see the difference like in going into the home as opposed to children sitting in an office, especially yeah. the, the earlier years. It makes such a huge difference. Definitely. Because the one thing is when I did my training and I used to work um, for a mental health agency where we would go out in the community and see our patients in the home mm -hmm. we would do therapy in the home. But one thing that I really, you still have to remember those boundaries because it's a therapeutic relationship. So if a family is offering you dinner, you know, you decline nicely and you know, things like that. Now I could come bring dinner. Sometimes I'll pick up, um, some of the kids I work with and go eat with them. Mm -hmm. You know, I may have the families meet me out somewhere. So it's more intimate and they feel more comfortable. But one thing yeah. is that it's hard to get to cut that relationship. Oh. Um. Yeah. Because they get so comfortable with you. And a lot of parents don't mind paying the money because some of them need help with their environment in the home. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's down true. The cooking down the structure, down the bedtime. I've seen it all. Yes, yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. It's true. I, it's. I mean, with the, it, we really, we do like a lot of the same work. So I love it. Yes. <laughs> and I love hearing. Um, you're actually probably the first that. Um, th Quite often, I will sit and have dinner with my family. So I, I love hearing that that I'm not the only one. <laughs> yes, that, that's the one thing that I love about coaching. Like, I, I'm a psychologist. I love therapy, but I just chose not to do therapy. Right. Yeah. When I mean, working with that population. Right, right. So no, my it's... business is strictly coaching and consulting because I find that's... that it, it, it just works better. Like, me personally... 
if I don't have anything severe going on, but my son is, you know, getting in a little trouble, I would rather have him, you know, have a coach come in that could come in the house, see our environment, tell us, you know, if anything needs to be changed, what we need to work on, you know, so right. it's just easier. Yeah, I know. I, I, I agree. I love that you, that you love doing that part of it as opposed to like the talk therapy. Yeah. And you know, some of the kids are like, oh my gosh, like you play video games and you know, and if, God forbid if I beat them in like Madden or 2K, they like, how do you know? And I'm like, I'm a mother. So sometimes you're doing things that their own parents don't do with them either. Right. You know, yeah. and then you teaching the you you're teaching the parents how to interact with their children. How yes. Mm -hmm. To open up and talk to you. Sometimes it's easy as pulling out a board game or right that they like to do. Yep. It's true. One hundred and fifty percent. Right. So so true. Oh, love it. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you a few questions. Um I mean, we already talked a little bit about it, but so your thoughts as a single mom and parenting on the same page and your experiencing experience with it. Mm -hmm. Wait, can you repeat that one more time? I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. What are your thoughts, which we kind of really already talked about a little bit, but parenting on the same page with, with your co-parent and, and really like bridging that, that uh, communication. You know what? I would say it wasn't easy in the beginning. Um, because once right. the relationship dissolves as adults, we hold on to emotions and yes. we try not to put it on the kids, but sometimes it's hard. And it right. was a point that, oh, we couldn't even stand being around each other. We were like, <laughs> oh gosh. But one thing for me, and we both had to just sit down and realize that we may not have worked, but now we have a kid. And right. We had to go back to, we were friends before. Right. You know, yep. we had a friendship. So when we go back to that. I hear your dog now. I know, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. You know, how could we go back to that and co-parent together? Mm -hmm. And right. that's, what, that's what we went back to. The relationship is over, but we have a friendship now. We have a child. So at least for 18 years, we have to deal with each other now. So yeah. how can we make this work? Yes. And one, no. thing, one thing I started to do, and I have a controlling spirit. I'm very, I'm very alpha woman mm -hmm. and I control everything. That's one of the things I had to step back and allow him to parent how he parented. Right. Instead of telling him how to parent. Because I was right. a parent too. Who the fuck I was? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I may have read more books about it, but that's what helped us. And yeah. that's what kind of bridged the gap between transitioning from relationship, us living together, having a baby, separating and going our separate ways. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's definitely a process that you have to go through both individually and then together right. to, to try and co-parent. Right. <laughs> And we co-parent a little different than most people co-parent because we spend all the holidays together. We don't do separate things. We give birthday parties together. We do everything together. So it's not like he's with his dad for 
part of his birthday or part of Christmas, like we're very enmeshed. But my son understands that we are not together. Right, right. But yeah, he, I, he does get along. So we could we take him out to eat. We take him to do. We just do things as a family. Right. No, I think that's really special. I I don't come across it often, but there have been a few families that I've or and even through friendships where their families still to this day do that. And it's nice. But you're right, it's it's not easy for right too many families to be able to do that. But if you can do it, then I think it's so right. so and, important. and we've both moved on. So it's right. about making the other people in your life feel comfortable, but also understanding this is what you're going to be dealing with. Right. At the end of the day, our kid comes first and this is what works for him. Absolutely. No, I agree. Good for you. Power to you, woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and then what about your thoughts on communicating effectively with, with your son? With my son? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I touched on this a little earlier, but one of the things with him is that I never did the baby talk. Right. I always, you know, told him to use his words, mm -hmm. which was really, really important. And now as he get older, kids start lying, you know, always, yeah. always know when he's lying. <laughs> he's like, Oh mom, you, you only know because you're a psychologist. I'm like, no, <laughs> as a parent, if you're paying attention to your kid, you know, when they're not telling the truth. So I, love I try it. to keep it to where he is comfortable enough to tell us anything. Because mm -hmm. another thing is kids are getting abused and they don't speak out about it because they feel uncomfortable. So we sit I, yes. talk to him about everything. What's going on right. in the news? You know, we try not to hide things from him, but we do try to keep it appropriate to his age of course right right so that's that's been effective for us just really sitting down talking he asks a million questions a day yes <laughs> they're supposed to <laughs> lord i'm like oh at this age they ask so many questions and i try to be very honest with him yeah and, and if it's something that you know like because they hear so many things it's at school Yes, yeah, they do. They come home and ask me what sex. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I don't doubt <laughs> you know, it. Like, at that age, I actually hear that a lot With at that age. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, it, it's so many things that these kids are exposed to outside of the home. So you have to be honest. I agree. I agree. It's, right. Well, good for you. That's awesome. And so if you could give one tip to our viewers or parents watching, what would you say would be the number one thing that could help with them parent more ease and be more intentional in their parenting? Consistency is key. One thing that I learned through this journey of 10 years of parenting is being consistent mm -hmm. and learning that time is more important than the presence, the activities you do, you don't yeah. spend a lot of money mm -hmm. to spend time with your child. Kids are easy going. Mm -hmm. We as adults make it a lot harder. You can spend a day at a park with a kid and they're happy. 
So that's the thing that I learned is just being consistent and just spending time. And it could be, he has favorite shows. I pop some popcorn. We may watch a show together. You know, it, it's, it's easy with kids. He may want to walk around to the park. It's not always about the money we spend. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, so just that's awesome. And your parenting, if you if you tell a child and I, I tell this to my teachers that I teach, I'm like, if you tell a child that you're going to put them on punishment for a behavior, but you don't do it and then they do it again and you say the same thing. Kids are smart. They know you they're going to call your bluff each time. So you have to be consistent <laughs> with kids. Because sometimes mm -hmm. they, they outsmart us. They do, and 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 they they pay attention. They they if, if they know when you say you're gonna do something, the next time they'll they they will know and they will call you out on it. Oh, but you said this. You said right. that you were gonna do this, and you didn't do it. Like they, and that's what you have to follow through. It's so yes. And that's one of the things that I've just really tried to be consistent in my parenting with him and really spend the quality time. Right. And, and that's, you know, the, the, the advice I would give parents, just be consistent and, you know, spend that time. Just because you're in a house together, that doesn't mean you're spending time together. Right. You know, my son is getting older. He doesn't want to hang out that much. You know, I have to like go in his room like, are you going to come out? <laughs> you know, so I kind of force him to spend like quality time with me because he's getting older. So he's mm -hmm. not paying much attention to me anymore. But um, yeah, right. <laughs> that's the advice that I would give. It's, it's important. I agree. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I, it was such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you yes. for for coming on and chatting with me. I hope to collaborate in the very near future. <laughs> yes. yes, definitely. I'm, I will look forward to that. Yes, absolutely. So let's see if I can, for anyone located in the LA area, especially for in person, reach out to Dr. Edwards, dredwards.com. Let's see if I can get your website up on the screen. Doesn't want to work with me. <laughs> DrSEdwards.com. So thank you, my viewers, for tuning in. It has been a pleasure this Monday evening. Have a good uh, night. ParentingWithAPunch.com to learn all the ways that you can work with me. Have a good one and keep asking for more. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.